Amen. Thank you, guys. Y'all can show them some appreciation if you want to. But only if you want to. Before we start our time of Bible study this morning, uh, I want to welcome home Pastor Jim and Debbie Groves. They have... Um, They, uh, Pastor Jim also needed some well-deserved time off, and that's the last couple of weeks. They have been in their favorite place in the whole world, I'm going to guess, which is Italy, and uh, enjoying all that Italy has to offer. I know that probably, this was my sense anyway, that before they left on their time off that uh, Pastor Jim Tank was past empty, and he needed that time. And so I prayed for you. We missed you when you were gone. We missed both of y'all when you're gone. It's not the same when you're not here. And I trust that your tank is full now. And the way I saw you hopping around the auditorium earlier this morning, I think maybe, maybe it is. I'm glad y'all are back and I missed you while you were gone. If we're going to do a series called Reset, which is a series that challenges and encourages you to rethink your faith, to rethink some of the things that maybe you've been taught since a child, rethink some of the things that you believe, then it is necessary that I deliver, I preach a message like I'm going to preach this morning. I want you to know it's not a message I enjoy preaching, but it is truth. It is the Word of God, and I have a responsibility to preach the Word of God. I think for some of you, maybe many of you, this will be a disturbing message, but it is my prayer that it will be a valuable and powerful message in your spiritual journey. A good place for me to start, I think, would be with the Apostle Paul in the seventh chapter of Romans where he begins to talk about his spiritual journey. And the reality of his spiritual journey being that there are some things in his life that he wants to do that he does not do. And he is constantly finding that there are some things in his life that he does not want to do that he finds himself doing. The Apostle Paul in this passage is talking about this raging battle within him between the spiritual man that was born when he trusted in Jesus to be his Savior and the natural man that still exists within him, the Bible sometimes calls that our flesh or our natural tendencies. And there seems to be this real struggle. There is this real struggle. And if you took time to read that passage, you could see that Paul gets, gets frustrated, gets exasperated, that this is something that really weighs on him that it's a struggle, and he's talking about sin, sin in his life, sins of commission, things that he does he shouldn't do, and sins of omission, things he doesn't do that he should do, and it's a struggle for him. And the point of the passage is not 
that this super-Christian, the Apostle Paul, sins, it's that he struggles with the sin. He is teaching us that when we sin, there ought to be a struggle in our lives. It was the Apostle Paul who wrote these words, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. This exercise, if you will, that I see the Apostle Paul going through in Romans chapter 7, I think is an examination. It's a taking a look at his life. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes these words, judge yourself so that you won't be judged. Judge yourself so that you won't be judged. In this message, I would hate if you thought that I was judging you because I'm not judging you. I don't think it's my responsibility to judge you, and I certainly don't want to judge you. Now, to get started with this idea that I want to share with you this morning, I want to put on the screen something that you saw last week on the screen. Here's what I said to you. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Now, I stand by that. I think that is truth, but you have to understand that in its proper context. In order to understand the context of it, I show you this. There is such a thing in our lives as justification, and there's such a thing in our lives as sanctification. The context of a phrase that says, God wants nothing from you, he wants something for you, is in the context of our justification. It's in the context of our of starting the spiritual journey by believing God when he says he offers to us as a free gift salvation, forgiveness, eternal life. And by faith we believe in that and we are justified. Justification really means that God takes upon himself your sin, past, present, and future. He takes that upon himself and he bestows upon you or imputes to you, or reckons to you, or places in your account, or gives you his righteousness. He takes your sin, and he gives you his righteousness. That is the salvation experience. That is justification. And in justification, God wants nothing from you. You bring nothing to the table to participate in your salvation. He does it all. He saves you, he forgives you, he gives you eternal life because he wants something for you. He wants you to enjoy all of him. He wants you to enjoy all of his graces. He bestows upon us grace. His salvation is an example. His salvation is grace, but it goes so far beyond that. We accept this salvation through faith. And when we say that God wants nothing from you, that does not mean 
that in the spiritual journey, God wants nothing from you. I mean, that would be a contradiction of almost every Sunday morning when we teach the Bible. And we talk about repentance, and we talk about surrender, and we talk about service, and we talk about sacrifice. But in the salvation experience, we bring nothing to the table. Sanctification. Sanctification is that, is that process of spiritual growth. It's becoming like Jesus. Think about Jesus in his earthly ministry. I think the word that I think of more than any other is selflessness. He seemed to always be thinking of other people above himself. But you could use the word sacrificial service. You could use the word compassion. You could use the word forgiveness. Or he, he, he was a forgiver. He was a healer. He was a teacher. He was an example. And when we think of Jesus in his earthly ministry, we should think about sanctification because sanctification is the process of becoming more like Jesus. And here's the thing about sanctification. Everyone who has experienced, listen, everyone who has experienced justification, part of the grace that we receive from God when we experience justification is a desire in our heart to become more like Jesus. It's something we want. It's why Paul struggled in Romans 7. Why do I keep living like this? Why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep making that decision? I, he had this thing within him that says, I want to be like Jesus. I want to serve him. I want to be a minister of his truth and of his gospel. I don't want anything to hinder that. And when something hinders that, man, there's just struggle inside of me. There's just battle that goes on. So examine yourself. <laughs> is, that a, is, is that something that you can say of your life? I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Hebrews 12, 14 says this. Pursue peace with all men and pursue the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So, so in the process of examining yourself and you put into the, in the context of your examination, you put justification and sanctification. And sanctification is, is the process of becoming more like Jesus. It's spiritual maturity, okay? And, and we are taught in Hebrews that Without this sanctification, if that's not an experience in our life, then we probably are not justified. He says it really, really nice, without which no one will see the Lord. With Pursue sanctification without which, let's, let's just be brutally honest and disturbing this morning, without which you'll go to hell. No sanctification. No justification. 
No justification, you'll never see the Lord. Now, that's a, that's a disturbing thing to me. I, I, I don't know how many times, but let me take a guess and say a million times, I have thought to myself, Lord, why is it that, that there are so many who profess faith in you, who profess being a Christian, and yet there's never, ever, 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 ever any change in their life that I could see. I'm not judging anybody. But, but you see so many people that are kind of on the peripherals, and it's certainly true in this church, but this, it's, it's, it's true in, in every church. They're on the peripherals, and they don't want to get any closer than just kind of staying on the peripherals. And, and, and it, it, the, their relationship with God is a very casual relationship, and they'll holler at God when, when they need something and, and when there's a tragedy in their life or, you know, and, and maybe Sunday morning, for, and, and there's this, this worship on Sunday morning, but that's kind of it. That, and I ask myself, Lord, why? Why won't they move to another level? Why won't they move into deeper relationship with you? And I, I still don't know the answer to that, but I have never considered that maybe there's no justification there. They profess Christ, but there's no justification. Because when we're justified, part of the grace that we receive is a desire in our heart to become more like Jesus. Without this sanctification, becoming like Jesus, there's, there's no real saving faith. That's what I read from Hebrews 12. You know, when we're born physically, there are certain desires that we have. It's not a decision that we make to want to eat. Right? We just want to eat. That's just a natural desire. That's a desire that we have. It's, it's not a decision that we make to rest and get sleep. It's not a decision we make to, 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 to have a desire to want to walk. It's just a natural thing. We, we want to grow up. We want to mature. We want to learn how to eat, and we want to learn how to walk, and we want to learn how to talk. And nobody says, you need to learn how to talk. We just, we, that's a desire that we have, and it's the same thing in our spiritual lives. When we're born spiritually, and Jesus talks about being born spiritually in the third chapter of John, that there's two births. There's a physical birth and a spiritual birth. And it's that spiritual birth that when you enter into a relationship with God and when we're born spiritually, there are things that we will desire. It's not that we make a decision to desire them. It's part of the spiritual birth. It's part of the spiritual journey. And I could even say that it's similar to the physical birth. We want to learn how to walk. We want to learn how to eat. We want to learn how to grow. We want to learn how to interact. We want to learn how to mature. That's a desire. It's part of the spiritual birth. So, when we're born spiritually, there are things in our lives that become unnatural to us. Sin is unnatural to those who are born spiritually. We, 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 we all sin. I sin. 
I sin. I, I think the question becomes, is that a struggle for me? The question becomes that in my life, do I have this kind of, I can brush that off attitude with, with justifications. I can justify my sin by saying, you know, come on, everybody makes mistakes. I made a mistake and I'm going to go on with my life. Or, or maybe we'll say, look, it's a victimless sin. Nobody's getting hurt. And so it's no big deal. Or this is just who I am. This happens to be my struggle. This is what I do. I'm never going to change. I, you know, I, so get off my back about this. And, and you just can go on with your life as if there's been no sin there at all. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. That's a problem. If that's how we can live, if that's how we can function, that, that we, can, we can live in sin and not have any struggle with that and not have any problem with that, then that's a red flag. That's cause to stop and examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Just like Paul did in Romans 7. I don't believe true saving faith can just blow it off. You remember this verse from last week? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift, and it's received through faith. A saving faith, a true saving faith. The gift part, that's grace. We receive that because we believe God. Now, now we experience salvation. I think maybe this is the, 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 the root, uh, the beginning, the beginning of confusion or, or where we go wrong in this idea of justification and being saved and being a Christian. Because when we, when we reach out to receive God's grace and God's gift of salvation, if in our hearts we're thinking to ourselves, we read this verse, by grace are you saved through faith, it's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, it's not a result of works, lest any man should boast. And we think to ourselves, I can receive this gift of salvation, I can be forgiven of my sins, I can live any way that I want to, and when I die, I go to heaven. In other words, we receive the gift of salvation because we want a ticket to heaven, and what my suggestion is to you this morning is, that's not true saving faith. That's not true saving faith. But true saving faith can, can be experienced in everyone's life in anyone's life, who will look at Jesus and understand who he is. He's the Savior of the world. He's the, the King of kings. And, they, and in receiving his gift of salvation, their thought process would be something like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to turn from these ways. I want to turn to him. I want to be a follower of him. 
the Bible word for that is repentance. And the scriptures are very clear that repentance is a part of the justification that takes place. No repentance, no justification. And, and, and look, I'll take some of the blame, and I'll take some of the blame for, for preachers across America and, and leadership in churches when we say to you, hey, pray this prayer and you'll be saved. If you prayed that prayer, raise your hand. But it's, it, y'all, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's, it's this turning away from what, who I was and turning toward Jesus. This, this faith, as it relates to grace, is very, very important. And I mentioned this to you last week as well, that it's our faith, our belief, that activates grace. We're saved by faith and faith alone. I've said that a hundred times, many, many times, hundreds and hundreds of times. There's this, there's this mentioning of this doctrine in the, in the, in the uh, Westminster Catechism, which is basically a description or, a, or a, um, a teaching of the doctrines of the church. And, and it says this, that we are saved by faith and faith alone. But faith, but saving faith is never alone that we're saved by faith and faith, of, faith alone, but saving faith is never alone. And what it means by that is, is that when we experience justification, when we experience the saving faith, that there are graces that come with that. And what they say in this catechism is that, is that what we receive is grace upon grace upon grace. And it helps us understand a verse like Galatians 5, 6. The only things that counts is faith expressing itself through love. There's this, there's this, uh, this grace that we are given to express our faith by loving people, by caring for people, by serving people. That's part of the grace that is activated when we exercise our faith. And I think this is a very important part in our lives, too, especially if we're going to say, you know what, I'm going to take time and, and examine myself. I'm going to judge myself. I'm going to look at my life. I'm going to think about some of the things that I have believed. I'm going to think about my faith. See, Paul talks about a sin of commission, we call it. That is, you know, doing what we're not supposed to do. And he talks about a sin of omission. That, that means not doing what we should do. What God puts within us a desire to do. And we ignore that desire and we take up our own way. And I, look, I don't know what to call it. It's selfishness. I'm not going to care about anybody else. I'm going to care about me. And, and, and maybe my family, me and my family, nobody else. It's not that you don't have compassion for people. Or, it's that I don't care enough about them to sacrificially serve them. That's a sin. And, and that's a, a natural thing that God has put within us. 
That's what the Bible says. That he has put within us this desire to serve and to be like Jesus, this desire for sanctification. And here it is. We are his workmanship. We're bought with a price. We're not our own. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's part of justification. That's part of the transformation that happens in us when we come to know Jesus as Savior. He has created us for good works, which he's prepared. He prepared them beforehand that we would walk in them. This is, you know, this is the verse that follows, it is by grace that you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so in part of the, 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 the examining, I think that we, we don't just look at, at, at oh, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't do that. But I think we also have to look at, you know, God's created me to do this and this and this. And when I can just shrug that off and say, I'm too busy, I don't have time, I, whatever excuse that you want to use, then I think that's a problem. I think that's a red flag. I think that's cause for examination. What's the big deal, Dale? I don't have to tell you what the big deal is. The big deal is your eternal destiny. The big deal is is what you were created for. It's a big deal. When we simply ignore opportunities that God has orchestrated and placed right in front of us, and we don't have a struggle with that, that's a problem, it's a red flag. And it's time to examine ourselves. This is a disturbing message. I guess it's meant to be. But I ask you to consider the importance of it in your life. Listen, I don't think, I don't think this is a message you can just shrug off. There's too much on the line. The the impact is too great. So my challenge and encouragement to you is to examine yourself today. I want anybody in this room, I want everybody in this room who's never entered into a relationship with Jesus by grace through faith, that's available to you today. But it's not just praying a prayer. Jesus said, you want to follow me? Count the cost. Jesus said, you want to follow me? I got to be number one in your life. You, I got to be, I got to be over your mom and your spouse and your children. Count the cost. That's part of the justification. I hope nobody would leave here today without knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you're in relationship with Jesus. I'm here. I want to talk to you about that. If you're unable to do that this morning, then 
shoot me an email. We'll set up an appointment. And we'll get together and we'll talk about that. Reset. This might be the most important reset. I want to invite you to stand. I'm here at the front. If anybody needs to talk or to pray, if you want to come and pray this morning, you're welcome to come and pray. As I told you last week, I'll make a promise to you. If you want to come and pray, nobody will bother you. But if you would like somebody to pray with you, all you got to do is look at me and wink. I'll find somebody to pray with you or I'll pray with you myself. This is important. This is really, really, really important. So God, this might be new to some of us, this idea of judging ourselves, this idea of examining ourselves, this idea of looking and seeing what is the evidence that I have a relationship with Jesus? So Holy Spirit, help us to do that and help us to be honest with one another. Help us to be honest with ourselves, and help us to be honest with you. And then Lord, whatever you call us to, I pray that we'll follow you and be obedient. Holy Spirit, I ask one thing else. I would imagine that in this room, as people move toward decision, that they are also dealing with fear. Help us to overcome that fear through faith, through believing you. What will other people think? What will I have to give up? What if I don't measure up? All of these thoughts that our enemy puts in our heads, Lord, help us to overcome fear through faith and to do what you want us to do. That's my prayer for your glory. I'm going to ask David if he would to lead us in this time of decision. Stand up for you. 
going to be a minute, I promise. But there are some things that I want you to be aware of. There are works that have been prepared in advance for you to do. Um, let me mention some of those to you, if I could. The, um, this coming Saturday, you know, you know how every once in a while, maybe once or twice a year, we, uh, we cook hot dogs and hamburgers out here in the back, and we get together, and we have fellowship, and it's a lot of fun. You know how we do that? We're going to do that for a mobile home community that's about two miles from here this coming Saturday. And we're going to be there with expecting absolutely nothing in return. If you've ever been on a missions trip where you get off an airplane and, and, uh, and you think to yourself, um, I'm just here to serve. <laughs> I'm just here to love people. It, and there, there's nothing in your mind that says, and I hope they'll come to my church because they can't come to your church. You know, you just flew five hours to get there. Well, we're going to go with that same kind of mentality. We, we're just going to love people. We're just going to serve people. We're going to cook out hamburgers and hot dogs, and we're going to have bounce houses. And we've already been there. We've already invited the neighbors. They're excited about us coming. And we're going to have a, an informational meeting about that immediately following our second service. I know that's not convenient for a lot of you. But if you're interested in joining us this coming Saturday, we're going to do that from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And um, there's an informational meeting, and it's going to be on this side immediately following the second service. And uh, I would invite you to come and be a part of that. I also... I uh, want to mention to you, as you probably know, our church has for some time now partnered with Cornerstone Pregnancy Center and uh, is now called Thrive. And we, one of the ways we partnered with them most recently is that we bought out a movie theater for them. And I think it seats 250, 300 people. We bought tickets for every seat. And we gave that to them, and they've returned some of those tickets to us, just a few, so that we could invite anybody in our church who would be interested in going to a first-rate Hollywood kind of produced movie called Voiceless. I have only seen the trailer of Voiceless, but it looks like a great, great movie. It is a pro-life movie. And at the end of the movie, we, there will be a very short, I think, 10-minute presentation from Cornerstone Pregnancy Center about their ministry and how you can partner with them in their ministry. So, if you would be interested, it's this coming Friday night at 7 o'clock at the Oviedo Mall Theaters. We have a few tickets. Are those going to be in the back? 
Those are going to be in the lobby. We have a few tickets. They're free of charge. We want you to take one, but please don't take a ticket if you're not planning on going. We only have a few, and uh, this is a very, very important event. All right, I want to mention one other thing to you. It's October, if you can believe that. And October is Pastor Appreciation Month. It's a weird announcement for me to make, isn't it? It's Pastor Appreciation Month, and I want you to know this. I, I don't know about the secret emails that go out from probably Lori's office to y'all about Pastor Appreciation Month, but let me, let me just this first Sunday of October tell you this. You guys make me feel so appreciated, and I'm so grateful for that. But I do have a request if you want to do something for me for Pastor Appreciation Month, and here it is. We have a great staff here at, at, at Avalon Church, and they work very, very hard. And if you want to show your appreciation, I want to ask you to reach out, however you want to do that, to Pastor Jim, to Lori, to Arthur, to Dominic, to Deanna, who am I forgetting, to Doris, reach out to them. And that will make me feel really, really appreciated. Our staff, I feel like it's underappreciated because y'all don't have any idea how hard they work. They work so hard. And uh, so, so during this month, if you want to do something for Pastor Appreciation Month, do something for our staff, okay? Because they're very, very deserving of it. All right, let me invite you to stand. Everybody standing. Lori, have I forgotten any announcements that need to be made? Folks, one last word, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. Here's the word. I cannot imagine a worse position to be in, the worst possible position a person could be in is to think they're a Christian and they're really not. What could be worse than that? That's what this message was about. Hard message, disturbing message, don't like to preach this message. But there's a lot for you to process. That's why it was short on purpose. There's a lot to process. Don't leave that here. It's too important. And if you have questions, we're here. We'll meet with you. We'll pray with you. We'll do the best we can to answer your questions. This is too important to ignore. All right? All right. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to walk out those doors. And when we walk out those doors, I want us to be sensitive to opportunities that God gives us to be an expression of his love to our community. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your gift of salvation. Thank you for all of the graces, the grace that empowers us, the grace that gives us vision for how you want to use us the grace that guides us and directs us. Thank you for all of your graces. They're an expression of your love to us. Help us to be an expression of your love to others for your glory. We love you. Use us. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. David, dismiss us.